promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put it into the king's mind to glorify the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, and who has shown favor to me before the king, his counselors, and all his powerful officers. So I took courage because I was strengthened by the hand of the Lord my God, and I gathered Israelite leaders to return with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we've kind of gone light speed now through portions of the Old Testament, uh, and we're in the middle of the book of Ezra. We, we finished uh, first and second Chronicles, and, and what you've missed is that, again, just like we looked at it in first and second Kings, the Israelites have all been scattered. They, they've been invaded, they've been exiled, the, the northern tribes to areas in Assyria, particularly uh, cities of the Persians and the Medes, which I think goes hand in hand with the reason why when the Persians and the Medes take over Babylon, they are um, very deferential to the Jewish believers, uh, to those who, who worship Yahweh. Uh, but then uh, we, we have now, after this exile, the return. And, and that's uh, part of the importance of the remainder of the story as we head towards the New Testament, is that we, uh, we, we find ourselves now here in Ezra chapter 7. And this is sort of a, a doxology that Ezra has written down after proclaiming uh, the words of a letter that uh, King Artaxerxes of, of Babylon, uh, or Persia, uh, depending on, on the translation, has, um, has sent by the hand of Ezra. Whereas prior to Ezra coming, the temple has been rebuilt, the foundation has been laid, they've, they've started celebrating the Passover, all these things. And this, it's been about 60, 70 years. And now Ezra is being sent because he is a well-educated uh, priest, a well-educated scribe. He understands the law. He's a good teacher. And he's been sent to continue to teach the people, to build up. First was the worship office, and now it's the teaching office, uh, which, which I think both go hand in hand. And that actually is something that, that has a lot to do with how we do church, how we, how we should do uh, our faith formation is that the very beginning of our faith formation needs to begin with worship because it is in our worship that we can teach people orthodoxy. It's in our worship that we can teach people what it means to be a, a Christian, what that, 
what that looks like, especially because of liturgy. Liturgy is a beautiful thing for that because it doesn't give the, the opening for whatever is on my mind or your mind to do whatever the heck it is that we want to, but instead having words that have been crafted, that have been taken out of the scriptures to put into the service, it becomes a place in which uh, we are able to teach the faith through how it is that we pray how it is that we worship, how it is that we turn ourselves over to the Lord. And that's how we start to create disciples. It's this come and see faith. Uh, when when uh, Andrew and, uh, and James uh, come and find uh, Jesus after they uh, get sent by John the Baptist, basically, John the Baptist goes, I don't want you with me, you go follow him now. <laughs> And they, and they come to, to Jesus, and Jesus says, what, do you, what are you looking for? What do you want? And they said, well, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and see. That's part of our faith, this beginning with the worship, but then there's also this teaching component, this education component, this ability to want to answer questions, uh, to deal with questions, to deal with difficult issues, to deal with these things that are necessary for us to deal with. And so Ezra gets sent as, an, as a good priest. And it, chapter 7 is where he is sent. It, it outlines his genealogy, that he is a direct descendant of Aaron, which if you understand your, your, your Jewish uh, or, or Israelite worship context, uh, priests can only be a descendant of Aaron, uh, whereas, uh, which means priests are always Levites, but not all Levites are priests. And so his genealogy matters there, but it, but it says that he was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. Uh, it says that he's been granted permission to, to go on this journey to Babylon. And then it says, Ezra had determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord, obey it, and teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. And so he gets sent uh, with all this permission from the king. And then he shows up. But uh, he brings a large group of people with him. But this doxology is there in between, in between the letter, in between when he gets sent and, and this description of, of who uh, is coming with him. He declares this praise to God. Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put it into the king's mind to glorify the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. That's a weighty sentence. He's saying, blessed be the Lord. He, he's declaring uh, that the Lord is to be blessed, that the Lord is to be praised, that, that the Lord is happy now because he has put it into the king's mind, into this foreigner, into this non-Jewish person to glorify the house of the Lord. That, that rebuilding the temple and doing this work, albeit you can go back and study, you can find that there was political expediency with it, but in Ezra's mind, and, and even in ours, what we see in that is that God does a particular thing for a particular purpose, that, that he might be glorified, that he might be praised, that worshipers might be created. Because that's his goal, is to, to create worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And that's what he's been about this whole time. The, all of repentance is a turning to God that we might worship him rather than ourselves and, and other things and, and other people. And so as we're coming to the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer here this week, we have the doxology uh, at, at the end, and then we have the Amen. We talked a lot about the Amen yesterday. 
and and now we we get into uh, the the sort of praise doxology portion in which uh, for, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen that 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 here Ezra is saying God's hand has been upon a king one who we wouldn't expect to do this thing so that this doxology might be fulfilled that he might be glorified and so when we pray that doxology we are actually praying that all of that that we might say might come true For thine is the kingdom let God's kingdom be the kingdom no other kingdoms the power and the glory all power all glory being in God's hands he's almighty as it is anyways right and then it says that Ezra takes courage because he is strengthened by the hand of the Lord my God. That's one of our prayers too that we should have. And when we pray this Lord's Prayer, that's part of what we're praying for. That we might be strengthened by God. That we might be strengthened in Him. That we might be empowered to do the work that He has called us to do. But that we might be empowered in our faith to endure to the end. And here for Ezra, it's both of those things together. First is the fact that he is giving praise to God. Second is the fact that he is empowered uh, to study the law, to be able to teach it, to be able to use his gifts and his, his abilities for God's work in the creating of disciples and the educating of the people. But then also it's a, it's a growth in faith an endurance and faith and perseverance and trust and a promise because he finishes by saying, I gathered Israelite leaders to return with me. Trusting that number one, they would survive the journey. It was a rather long journey. It took five months to be able to make that trip. More than likely on foot. Maybe they had a camel or two. Donkey. I don't know. Burl. Uh, but they make that trip. Trusting that they're going to make it there safely without robbers, without drought without running out of supplies all those things but then also trusting that what the king says is going to be true that when he gets there he's going to be given the opportunity to his work trusting that god is with him to make sure that this is the case that god's hand is with them to empower him and that's where we pray for in our faith that god might continue to do those things and that when we say the Amen, we are saying, yes, Lord, may it be so, especially at the end of this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as we've been looking at these past few weeks. And when we say the Amen to the conclusion of that, we pray that all of those things that we pray for, all of those petitions that we raise to God, might come true and might be true for us, and that we might trust in those things rather than in anything else that we think that we need. Let's pray. Gracious God, may the Amen we speak cause us to be certain that our petitions are acceptable to you and heard by you. For you yourself commanded us to pray like this and has promised to hear us. We pray these words saying, yes, yes. May these all be so. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow.